0: Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. And today we want to launch a series on money. We recognize that money is a major issue within a marriage and it can be a source of conflict, a major source Mm -hmm. of division, but I don't think it has to be. I think what we can do is talk about maybe some principles and practices for handling money as a Christian couple and doing that well. We've decided to bring on a guest to the show, and so I want to introduce to you the business administrator of Compass Bible Church, Rick Talcott. Rick, thanks for joining us. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Bethany.
1: Good morning. It's
2: nice to be with you this morning.
0: This is great. Rick handles the finances at Compass and uh, has vast experience in the business world prior to uh, his position at Compass, and so just a wealth of information. In fact, when I do premarital counseling, I send new couples to talk to Rick and get all the wisdom that they can <laughs> about money
2: before they get married. Nice. So. And that is one of the funnest things I get to do at Compass really? Bible Church. That's good. To get new couples started out on the right foot, is just is uh, it's a joy of my schedule. So thank you for doing that.
0: Good. Well, I was struck... You and I had a conversation about this podcast when you agreed to, to join us. In that conversation, you said that, you, that we needed to start by talking about giving, and that really struck me, uh, that you wanted to, to front load giving. I mean, when you think about money and talking about money in, in a Christian marriage, there are so many different elements right. that are all really important, but this one was moved to the front, and so I'm just curious why.
2: Well, when you look at the number of things we can talk about today, when we think about how God created us and he created money and he created marriages, you know, when you really boil it down, God has given you money to do something. And one of the most important things that you can do with your money is give it back to him. His word is full of um, admonitions to be generous and to have a life of generosity. And that always starts with the local church. And so we can talk about everything else, but if we're not giving, it's just not going to work. God has told us time and time again that we are going to reap what we sow, and often what we sow is just acknowledging God as our creator and giving back to him so the church can function and we can do things for the culture. So to me, you know, we can talk. We are going to talk about saving. We're going to talk about budgeting. We're going to talk about communicating together as a couple. But I always like to start with giving because none of it, none of it's going to work unless you have the giving element set and ready to go.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because it's probably w- when uh, a couple maybe thinks about a conversation about money. Maybe giving is like how much do we have left when it's all said and done, and And then let's figure out how much we can give from there. But it sounds like what you're proposing is, let's talk about this first and come up with how much we can give, how much we want to give before we evaluate anything else in the budget or finances. Yeah, I I
2: just strongly believe that, that you need to give first, out of the first Mm. fruits and give the best of what you have. Don't give what's left over because you'll always find something (laughs) to spend on yourself.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I think I need that little bit of money for me or for this thing, right?
2: Right. Yeah. And so it just has to be number one. And and there are ways to do that, right? There's practical ways to do that. Many people are on direct deposit, and they can deposit into your checking account and into a savings account. But if you put money in that savings account, I want you to think at the same time that put money towards God. And you can set up recurring giving, you can put it in that bank account and have an automatic bill payment the first of the month. There's lots of different ways to make sure that it's first. And really, that's what people need to do. They need to have that mindset, I'm going to give first. The Bible even talks about how, you know, there's such a blessing in giving. You know, Proverbs talks about one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Mm -hmm. That's not a prosperity doctrine, but it's what God's Word says. And I've noticed that here. I've noticed that the people that are generous, it seems like God just helps them with more money all the time. How about that? Because they yeah. know they're going to be generous. That's right. great. I mean, if we were God, that's probably what we would do. We're not. But we would give money to people <clears> so that they could turn around and be a conduit of that and just give it right back to Him so we can have effective ministry here. You know, it also talks about God being, or God wanting us to be cheerful givers. Paul talks about that all the time. So we have to be really happy about it. I mean, we should sit down and say, all right, how much can we give? Yeah. Can that be the first conversation in any money discussion or any budget discussion? How much can we give?
0: It's positive, right?
2: How much can, how much do we get to give? How much do we get to give? Mm, That's great. uh, And then sit down and find practical ways to do it. And it's so easy. It's so easy in today's culture. And then if you get to the end of the month and there's leftover... We'll talk about maybe saving, but you could always say, hey, God gave me more this month. I'm going to give more this month. That should be the default in our life. How much can we give? That's always the question I like to ask people. How, how much can you give? Can you give more without compromising? I mean, we'll talk about that later, but um, let's give as much as we possibly can. Yeah, That's Mark great.
1: and I, as we've done our budgets throughout the years, we always have that item line for giving, and we'll come back to it, we'll circle back to it and say, can we be giving more? is it something we should up it should we add also another place to give here you know we're already giving to the church each month or whatever but is there another extra we can do and constantly just looking and assessing really regularly multiple times a year can we give more should we be giving more where could we give more so and, it's And those yeah.
2: will pop up too right because your best friend will go on an STM to Uganda yes, yes. which yeah. they're what well, they're leaving tomorrow aren't they I think so so how can we help them? How can we encourage them? And uh, that's where there has to be a little a little extra in everybody's budget because you're going to want to do that. But, you know, God calls us first to give to the church and then to give to these other things after that. But how fun is it when, you're, when your best friend or a good friend in one of your small groups comes up to you and says, Hey, I'm... I'm going to Uganda. I need to raise some money. Can you help by praying for me? Because I've never been out of the country. I've never been to Africa. And could you help me financially to do that? Yeah, I and, was just uh, about to
0: say, it, it is so rewarding to be able to do that, and it's enjoyable to be able to support people like that in addition to uh, giving at your church. Um, I guess one of the questions that people probably have is just at the practical, fundamental level, how much do I give? and...
2: Pastor Mark, we already said that as much as you can. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. More, more. (laughs) So people come in and if they look at my worksheet, they'll see that I suggest they give 10% of what they have. And then we get into a long discussion about, well, where did you come up with that? Uh Because um, the Old Testament talks about tithing. Well, but the New Testament doesn't talk a lot about tithing. And so I, I... I caution people not to use that term. Because if you want to tithe and you want to be an old testament tither, uh, that's twenty-six to twenty-eight percent of your income. So I'm all about that. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. Just just twenty-eight percent of whatever you get, it. it just it just goes. Boom. But the New Testament concept is is not specific on a specific amount. Nowhere in the New Testament does God say give ten percent or twelve percent or eight percent. Uh, he says to be cheerful, to give sacrificially, to give consistently every week, week in and week out. Be methodical about it. But he never attaches a percentage or a dollar amount, and he says give proportionally. There are some people that can give even proportionally. You know, maybe 30% of their income, and that would not even be that would be easy for them. Mm. Right, but it's it's up to married couples to decide what to give. I always start with ten because it's an Old Testament concept. If it's good in the Old Testament, it's a good place to start the conversation. Yeah. Can we give ten, and then we'll ten percent of gross or ten percent of net,
1: <laughs> because our
2: checks have all those taxes taken out yeah. all the time. Yeah. and so that's even another refinement that you can yeah. bring to the table. But ten percent is a good place to start. I, I have lots of friends and family they give. They've said 25% the number. And I know what they make, and I'm like, ah, how, how can you do that? Mm. But they've just decided in their life that this is what they're going to give. And then you've got famous people that, you know, they give 10% until they're wealthy, and then they flip it. And then 90% of all their income is what they give, and 10% is yeah. what they keep. We've all heard stories about that. But I would start at 10, and then if you, if you can't make it, then maybe for you it's 8 or mm-hmm. maybe it's six, or maybe it's 12, or maybe it changes, like you say, every quarter. Right, right. But uh, God does love that consistency month to month.
0: That's good. So do you then put a percentage on how much people ought to be saving as well?
2: I do. So if, oh. if we want to move into that, yeah. um, if 10% is good for giving, 10% in my mind is good for saving. Okay. Huh. And so uh, I like, you know, if anybody ever looked at, at my detail, that's exactly what the formulas say. If you're making $5,000 a month, I hope you're giving $500 to the church and you're saving $500. Um, and those are—we those can get into all kinds of interesting discussions. You know, how much do we save? What method do we save? Again, the direct deposit, you can go to two different accounts. You can write checks every month. Um, but I think everybody should have an emergency fund. And lots of financial consultants will tell you that in that emergency fund, you need three to six months of whatever you're spending— so back to our example of a couple that, that you know, spending 5000 a month. Okay. Three times five is fifteen. I want to see an emergency fund of $15,000 in a bank account earning not very much interest, but it's, you know, fairly liquid. You can get to it. So when the transmission goes out, when I got to get new cars, when I get in an accident and I got to buy a new car, when uh, I lose my job... Mm-hmm. You know, how am I going to survive? Yeah. Bethany, how are you going to survive if Mark, for some reason, I don't know. can't work? <sighs> That'll how, be rough. And how long? Hey, so, I'll go
1: to my emergency fund. That's where I'll go. Three
2: to six months. <laughs> 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 and a lot of people say, you know, six months, that's impossible. But it's not impossible. And we just have to work up to that over some period of time.
1: And then what happens when you take from that emergency fund? Do you counsel people often your next point of savings needs to be replenishing that yep. and getting it back to its three months. Right, so we never okay. compromise on giving. Mm-hmm.
2: And if something were to happen uh, where someone loses a job and it takes them two months to find a job, right? well, look, we had three months set aside or six months set aside, and now it's been depleted, you just go back to that same habit of adding you know, the 10% every month until you get back up to that number.
0: Okay, so you save until you have three to six months of um, Emergency coverage. funds, yep. yeah. And then if you, you reach that number, you continue to save at that point, and what is the purpose of that savings, and how much do you, do you change the percentage at that point? What happens?
2: Um, I would say never change the percentage, but... Um, then we can start talking about saving for specific things.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't you have a bunch of kids that you had to send to school? <laughs> I did.
2: <laughs> I was going to start with saving for a car. Okay. Because right? your cars, I know they're going to run out. Yep. Right? Um, I would say for, especially these young couples you send me, Pastor Mark, <laughs> 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 unexpected babies. Yeah. Because Surprise! then you, you might lose a job, right? Because mom yep. stays at home. Um, and then I would save for college, and I would save for a house. I think a house is a great investment if there's any way you can possibly do that. I encourage people to save for a vacation because it's good mm-hmm. to get away from your normal routine and go visit Grandma and Grandpa or just go up and camp at Pismo for a week just to get away, just to get, have some money to, to get away. All those things are things that we should save for. Emergency funds and then the other things that we've talked about are great things to save for. Sometimes the balance here gets a little tough, though, since we're talking about giving. We don't want to get out of balance, right? We want to save for that car. If you can save and not have to have a loan on the next car that you buy, then that saves you from paying interest. And if you're not paying interest, then what do you have now? You have more money. And what can you do with your money? You can give. Look at that. You can give or you can save. Right. And that's really the mindset I like people to have. I don't need knew this, knew that, better this, better that. Um, I'm here to I'm here to give and I'm here to save so I don't become a problem for somebody else. That's the other reason we save. What does Philippians say? If you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah. And do you want to be in a position someday to go on to mom and dad and saying, you know, I can't eat. Well, why can't you eat? And well, you can't eat because you didn't save and you don't have the money to do that. That would be a very... Difficult and embarrassing, Humblee, yeah. yeah. And some people have to do that through no fault of their own. They had six months in a, in an emergency fund, and they lost their job. And it took them more than six months to find a job. And it's you know God puts us in families so families can help. But you know a lot of people don't like to do that. They don't want to come to the church. Church is available. We have a budget for that. If it's really something that's outside your control, we don't want you to starve to death. And uh, we'd be happy to work with you as well. Just make an appointment with Pastor Mark, and he'll get the ball rolling. And, <laughs> and I'll if, send them over to you if we yeah. need to. We can we can do that as well. So
0: you bring up that story about a kid coming in and needing money from mom and dad, and it it just made me realize that husbands and wives have a responsibility to manage their finances as well for a number of reasons that we've talked about here. But uh, an additional reason we haven't mentioned is just to to teach their kids and other people in their sphere of influence what it looks like to manage money well and to be wise and to steward what we have from a uh, Christian perspective. Uh, I just think I want my kids to learn Mm -hmm. how to handle money well from watching us.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I I, I love the envelope or the jar method on teaching kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's
1: what we do. That's what you do? It's awesome. Yeah. Yep.
2: Here's your allowance, and that's another whole conversation, but here's your allowance, (laughs) here's 10 bucks. the dollar goes into the... Yep. The giving envelope, a dollar goes into the saving envelope, and maybe a dollar goes into gift envelopes because they get invited to birthday parties or whatever it is, and the rest of it, you know, they get some control over that. My wife and I are first-generation Christians, and so when we got to this point in our life with kids, how do we teach them to give? And that's what we did. Mm -hmm. I think we did jars, not envelopes. And uh, now, as adults, because I do a couple of their tax returns, I'm flabbergasted at the consistency of their giving, I, <laughs> and it, it's like it's one of the blessings of parenthood is when your children actually <laughs> grow up and become believers, genuine mm-hmm. believers, and yeah. then get active in ministry in their church, and then you get to see that they're giving, and it's like you know you never do it for yourself; you just want to instill it in them that they would they would give. But then when you see it, it's just it's a huge blessing.
1: I
0: bet. You said that the allowance thing was a different conversation. Give me, give me a brief overview of what you mean by that.:
2: Well we have to start with what, what is an allowance to begin with? Yeah. Is it, is it compensation for the chores? Yeah, that people do, and some people view that as I'm just teaching them how to work uh, versus teaching them just how to manage money. Um, I'm sure you've talked on the podcast, the responsibility parents have to teach their kids how to work. Mm -hmm. So I never viewed it as, you know, an employment contract. If you do your chores, you get your allowance. Now you can use allowance for misbehavior in any, any area of their life, but I always like to give it to them because I wanted to teach them how to manage it. Even when they're young up until a certain age when they're working, and the allowance goes away, but I just want to teach them how to manage their money. So when we do the jars and they have their own jar for themselves and they get invited to that birthday party and they wanna get a present, and I don't want them to come to me and say, hey, mom and dad, can I get the money for the present? I'm gonna say, no, that's why we have that other jar. And you know what? Kids learn it fast and at a very young age because they mm-hmm. want stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Motivation. They, they want no the doubt. next Star Trek model or whatever, whatever it is that they want, and they realize that costs sixty bucks, and I got twenty, and I'm not going to spend any of that until I get to sixty, and then they spend it and they realize, it, and they realize <laughs> yeah. I didn't get it.
1: Yeah.
2: Or they can wait until they have the sixty, and then they can spend it. And then another kid says, "I want that too, but I, you know." I want this piece of candy down at the store. Well, before that, and then they just start running through it, and then you're able to talk about it as a mm-hmm. family. Well, what happened here? Mm-hmm. You know, David's still waiting on his. He's going to get what he wants, and you're just blowing all your money, Daniel. What's the deal here? Yeah, and uh, it creates just opportunities to talk about how we're we're careful with our money, and they have things that they want and they need, and then we can have those conversations too. Is this right. a want or is this a need? Right. And those those are fun conversations. So I'm all for allowances, not compensation for work. Um, I, ex- I expected them to work, and whether they get paid for it or not. They're part of the family. There's chores to do. You have to help your mom. Right. That's one way you can love Amen. your parents and honor your parents, yeah. right, is if I, if I work with a good attitude. So let's have a great attitude. Let's work hard in the things that our parents have asked us to do.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting, the conversations with Alyssa, who when she gets stuff with her money and then she doesn't end, it doesn't end up lasting like right. lasting happiness so then we've looked back oh remember you did you saved your money you bought this toy this thing because I had now, to have it I had to have yeah. it <laughs> and then now look you don't even play with it and then we've talked about how stuff it, you know it doesn't last so that and so we had really good co- spiritual conversations right. about the money she spent on the things that she's bought and it's that's been cool too and why
2: do you have that desire right Why why yeah. do you feel like I gotta have this, right? So I'm gonna save and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the next Apple Watch because I gotta have it. Mm-hmm. You it. You don't need it. You don't need You don't need the next Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Your first Apple Watch, if you have one, is fine. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to get one every year. Right. That's why I like allowances because it just creates a forum and a time where you can sit and you can talk about, you know, spiritual, lots of good spiritual things. Especially when they're looking at that jar with the money in it and they're like, "Hmm, I would have sixty bucks." But then you replenish that every Sunday, right? You put it in, and then you take it to church, and you yeah. make sure you give it. And then that develops the, the habit of giving, and hopefully it stays with them a long, long time. So that's what I yeah. thought about allowance. It's, it's great.
0: Well, whether you were raised in a family that instilled these principles in you from a young age, or you're hearing this stuff now uh, for the first time, uh, we want to be... Uh, good stewards with what god 's given us, and that includes giving, saving. So,
2: so what do we just talk about though, with the kids too, right? We give them an allowance. We tell them to put ten percent in a jar for giving and ten percent for saving and, and the rest that they can spend on gifts or stuff. isn 't God sitting down and looking at us saying, "I just gave you an allowance i 've given this so you can be a steward, right so where 's your jar? How much is in your giving jar and how much is in your savings jar? So just like we want our kids to learn that just to be able to handle money, God wants us to do the same thing so we can learn how to handle our money. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why the first jar is giving. second jar is saving. Boom. (laughs) Just like
1: (laughs) that. (laughs) Let's
0: talk about the third jar in the next episode and how to budget for all those different
2: things we need to spend money on. Great. Cool.
1: Well, thanks so much for joining us, and we hope you have a great day.
2: See ya.